All right, folks, welcome back into another edition of the High School Huddle, your one-stop shop for everything and all things Section 5 Sports. I'm AJ Feldman. He's Carl Jones. And I can hear it outside my window. The leaves are rustling around. The wind's coming in. We did have a, a warm night yesterday, but fall is here. We are officially into fall, which means I guess the, the, the sports season doesn't lie. It's actually the fall sports season now. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie. I kind of was upset when I woke up this morning and I saw all the, like the leaves and, and fall tweets and all that stuff because the weather itself is is decent, but that just means winter's on the way. So like, I don't know. I'm not really the big leave fall type of guy. I know that it means football, sports season, and I'm I'm with the sports aspect of it, but everything else, I'm just not with it, man. I can't I can't get down. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm I'm not a, a pumpkin spice latte guy. I'm not a any latte type of guy myself. And you know, everybody's ah, oh, fall's elite, yada yada this, yada yada that. Fall is like two weeks long where it's actually good, and then we get into winter. And before that, guess what? You're describing summer days. So your good fall days are you get them all the time in the summer. So it is nice to play, you know, a nice round of golf, uh, wearing the sweater and the pants once a year and um i don't know go up to letchworth get the leaves coloring but um i'm kind of with you fall you know we could take it or leave it i i I'd let summer run on for a little bit longer i'm right with you because like you said very seldom are you getting the 50 to 60 degree days where it's just perfect without any rain or, or anything like that with the crazy wind and then mid-october now we're dealing with snidel saying so we got a couple flurries <laughs> on the way today and it's like ah so it's like yeah you're right i don't I don't need it at all. Exactly. I'm looking at the the schedule right now, or not the schedule, the weather forecast. Seems like we're going to luck out. Uh, it's going to get a little chilly on Friday for our football games, uh, but no rain in the forecast. Saturday, get up to 64, no rain. We've been very lucky so far. You know, we complain a lot about bad weather. We got to appreciate the good weather. We've gotten, at most, there was a couple drops, uh, sprinkles on Friday. But other than that, we have been smooth sailing. Um, so we're going to hope that continues into the rest of the high school football season as we continue out to cover these games. Now, speaking of last week, we had a, a big slate of games, a lot of interesting matchups, a lot of things that really kind of uh, raised our eyebrows uh, in last week. Um, not exact. A lot of these times we can, you know, map out these games. You know, we expect what's going to happen. Typically they do. Some weird things happened last week. Uh, Carl, what was kind of the big thing that really, uh, the first thing that stood out to you um, from week three of the Section 5 high school football season? It was the way and the manner that Victor beat Pittsburgh for me. Um, we kind of figured coming into last week that, okay, both these teams are one-on-one. Which team is going to, like, take that jump and and, and continue their season on the upward trajectory? And Pittsburgh got off to a great start, uh, uh, 7-0, and then, the Blue Devils go 27 unanswered um, to take a 27-7 lead. Like, I'm there the entire game. I'm like, well, not the entire game, the entire second half. And I'm like, all right, like, I know Victor is explosive. They can get things going. And the Blue Devils pulled out the Jackson Green stopper. They literally had a, a corner pressing him and then another safety literally 10 yards behind him and just made Pittsburgh play 10 on 9. It worked. I mean, they only gave up 14 points. So shout out to the coaching staff for putting together that game plan. But um, – I got to give my kudos to the Blue Devils. They came to play. Sam Gotham ran for uh, over 100 yards. Um, and they went into Pittsburgh territory and, you know, in front of a crowd that, you know, Pittsburgh, they can they can definitely bring uh, – the student section is definitely enthusiastic, so that can be a, another element as well. But that was for sure for me. That was the game that stood out. I'm like, oh, Victor, that physical ball translates for sure. 
Yeah, now Pittsburgh one and two on the season. I guess you could say the silver lining of that is it's not like they don't have the talent, obviously. It's just they got to figure out how to game plan because, you know, when you get a guy like Jackson Green and, you know, they they play 10 on nine, you, you either got to figure out how to, you know, exploit that or figure out how to figure out ways to get Jackson Green still involved. So I guess that would be my silver lining on the slow start for Pittsburgh is that they got the guys. And, you know, if we come to week seven and, Jackson Green's figuring out a way to get 100 yards and they're, you know, win their last three of the season, something like that. I would not be surprised at all. Yeah, I mean, similar to last year. I mean, is it's they everyone in Section 5 knew he was good last year and they still figured out a way to get him to pill last year. So they'll figure it out, I, I, I assume so. Yeah, you know, um, my big game that I was at this weekend, uh, Aquinas versus U-Prep, you know, obviously it's the U-Prep show, continues on, they're, their third win in a row. And, you know, Obviously, you know, you is three and zero on the season. They've beaten the top three teams, so um, you know, clearly well deserving of their three and zero ranking. You know, they're just grinding out close wins. Um, you know, McQuaid got a little blowouty early, and then they got back. But Victor was a tough win. Aquinas, they had to play really tough, and nothing, you know. Nothing is super overwhelming at this point about U Prep. They're a very diverse attack. You know, you got, um, you know, you got Christian running the ball last week. He had three touchdowns this week. It was more um, on the yardage side of things. He had a big day um, on the ground. He had 18 carries for 152 yards. Throwing the ball, Noah Hill. Um, you know, nothing super like wow. He just is so he's efficient. He gets the ball to his receivers. He just does his thing. He just makes the right read. Um, Jules Russell, Tyrell Simmons, and uh, Dakari Carter um, each had big touchdown receptions. And man, you prep, they're, they're just gonna, you gotta play a really strong game to beat them. It's, it just takes four quarters to beat them because you prep, um, they have just so many guys where it's just really tough to slow them down. And so far, nobody's been able to slow them down so far this season. And if you wanted to peg the, the teams who, hey, this is the teams that are gonna give them the most trouble, you would say McQuay, Aquinas. And obviously, Victor, as we know now, is, is legit as well. Haven't been able to do so so far. Uh, I don't know how that's going to bowl down the season. Obviously, September 22nd is not going to be where the sectionals are played, but they're off to a good start in a division that's probably the toughest in Section 5. And, man, they got a who's who of guys you can get the ball to and say, go make a play. And I did mention on the show last week, I got corrected, uh, they are a charter school. They are a public school, but still, you know, the, um, you know, U prep continues to figure out a way to, to get wins, things like that. Um, and, and elsewhere around section five, uh, you know, we mentioned those two games are a lot of also interesting results. You had Schrader um, blowing out Spencer port uh, who lost um, uh, Cameron mesh in that one. Uh, I just read uh, from the Democrat and Chronicle. It, it was a hamstring injury on that first play of the game that knocked him out. Um, you know, this is this is through the Democratic Chronicles reporting. Uh, it seems like from what I gather on the article, it's a hamstring injury that, that should be able to come back sometime this season. You know, just comes down to when you want to, you know, test out that hamstring, things like that. But Trader with a surprising result. Um, Hilton with another big win, 34-12 um, over Churchville Charlie. The big story there, Rich Lapani getting it done for his 200th career win. Um, Hilton, quietly a team that, you know, we expected to do good things at the A1 level, dropping down from AA. They continue to do good. Canadagua having to stress out a victory over Athena, 28-21. to Not exactly the typical Canadagua results we've been seeing so far this season. And then Brighton um, continues to be, 
um, you know, good after losing some key guys last year. Um, just a lot of games there that were all interesting. Um, Carl, just kind of your biggest takeaway from some of those games that I mentioned right there. It's straighter for the simple fact that for the second time that we've caught their highlights, they've had these like explosive long runs and passing catches. Torrance Washington, I got to give my man his flowers. I remember the first week we showed uh, his highlights, long touchdown run. And then we showed his highlights this week, and it's the same case. They clearly, Schrader has some home run hitters on that team. They got some guys who give them the ball in space, and they can go the distance. And as we all know, you know, in, in football, those guys who can, I mean, any Bills fans now, we're all, <laughs> all Bills fans all playing the Dolphins this week. They got two of them. So everyone's in tune with that line of thinking. And Schrader has a guy who is similar to that on the uh, high school level. That was intriguing to me. And then also, uh, the Fairport and Penfield result. Um, that okay. was a game that I hadn't um, really been in tune with either team. You had seen, I think, Fairport in the past. Um, you said they had played a tough game uh, against RH, I believe, correct? Uh, yeah, they, they played them pretty competitively, yeah. Yeah, and I get there in Penfield. I mean, they, they took it to them. I mean, on the road, I believe it was homecoming. Um, I mean, just shout out to, to, to Penfield for being able to get that result done. And then HFL doing HFL-type things again. Um, it, it was one of those games where I got a little bit more clarity of uh, the Section 5 landscape, uh, for sure. And you mentioned Schrader. Um, I'm trying to pull up their schedule right now. For some reason, the Section 5 website is only giving me three games, but this still is going to make my point for me. Um, last year, this this offense is seemingly caught on nowhere. You know, Schrader, over-under on their games were maybe 20 points <laughs> some of these games. They scored 16 points to beat Aronda Coit. They scored seven points to beat Thomas in a 7-6 uh, grinded-out game. Uh, and then they beat Schrader 24-14. to 14. These, Like I said, these are just the only three games that I can pull up on the Section 5 site right now. But it just, you know, tells the story that last year this was a team that, you know, built around their defense, trying to figure out a way to score some points. Now, I mean... You know, Schrader has been, you know, throwing the ball all over the place. Like we mentioned, Spencer Ford did have that injury. Um, but just another really um, strong effort from Schrader. They're going to get tested next week um, or this upcoming week. Um, we'll, of course, talk about it a little bit later in the show. But, yeah, Schrader, uh, you know, we were wondering, you know, Class A has been moving around up and down, left and right. Uh, Schrader, certainly front and center of that conversation. Uh, we're none of us were at that game actually we had a, a news photographer at that game but we will certainly be at one of their games this week so we uh talked about the the boys soccer state rankings last week we've got our first uh the main event the class or the the state rankings for football coming out for the first time from the new york state sports writer association uh, a lot of section five teams well represented a lot of interesting uh storylines coming out of these uh state rankings um, start off with class double A and obviously it's you prep at the top um, rewarded with the eighth overall ranking in the entire state. And as we always like to mention with this class double A uh, schools, um, the, the number four actually in the, um, the New York state uh, in the, in the, in the NISFA, however you want to say it. So of the teams that are going to be playing for that state championship, they're number four. So you prep um, clearly getting the intention of everybody around the state. And, you know, if you just, it's tough. I don't compile these rankings. It's tough to figure out who's good, who's that. We just look at the schedule on paper. Uh, UPREP has been equally as impressive as they've been on the field so far. I mean, based off of what I've seen so far and going off of what McQuay did last year, 
I don't see why they couldn't do similar type things. I guess you can say to McQuaid and McQuaid, um, I believe lost to uh, Jamestown or Bennett, one of the two. Um, Bennett, yeah, class so double. In, uh, in the far west regional last year, I think you prep is on that same level of talent, and 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 they can pull out wins. Shout out to the for the Griffins, man, fourth in the state. That's nothing to sneeze at at all. Yeah, I mean, we talked. I talked about it before, but just the way they've been able to get done in these close games, um, a good sign to get already early in your season um, to be able to grind out those wins, get those close results, show that your guys know how to close games. Cause I didn't mention that Aquinas game. You uh, prep was up two touchdowns. Uh, I got there in the fourth quarter again, as, as I was also there in the first half, Aquinas scores a really nice touchdown drives down the field. You prep gets the ball back. Maybe, maybe like four minutes to go grind it out the clock. Got first downs. Um, eventually scored a touchdown, which uh, made me stay around a little bit longer to see if anything crazy was going to happen. But uh, U Prep, they're they're just good so far. Um, also receiving votes uh, so far, um, you have uh, Rush Henrietta, Victor McQuaid, um, all of those teams with two and one records right now. Aquinas um, still looking for their first victory of the season. All all close losses, so um, certainly you know they're not going to be ignored in this conversation as well. But right now in Class AA. Uh, you prep a top in section five in class a uh, two teams ranked no surprise at, at who they are, especially at the very top. Um, but Canadigua at number four East at number 11. And, you know, uh, Carl, you've been able to see both of these teams played. Um, certainly Canadigua gets the respect based off of what they've done the last couple of years. But um, if, if it's not in the wrong order, these teams are certainly right next to each other. Um, and, and of course, they're going to play this week. But right now, um, your thoughts on Canada was an, an East uh, state ranking so far. I mean, Canada, they're kind of like transitioning between like, you know, some of the, the guys that they've had in the past who are studs. But they've also won every single game thus far. So you got to give them their kudos for, you know, manning the ship, so to speak, in that way. But East, they got some guys. They got some dudes uh, everywhere on the field. I mean, every time we call their highlight, I feel like it's a different kid. Um, whether it's Amir Jackson, Anthony Diaz, it's a who's who of guys over there, Amari Young. I, I believe those two teams will figure out. It's kind of hard earlier in the season. I you know, cut some writers some slack right now about who's who, you know, who like they're kind of like basing off last year. Yeah, they, like, they've won like 30 Section 5 games in a row and they're on the field. They're like, all right, let's just stick Canada to the top. It would be a bit disrespectful to not include them in, in, in this ranking just from based off what they've done in the past. But we'll find out real quick um, over the next few weeks or so how accurate, I guess, that order is. Yeah, and Canada was um, not quite in this sense, but they've kind of done this in the past where based off of previous results, what other teams have done, we've walked into a Canada game and been like, all right, you know, this one could be a close one. This one could be a really good game. And then Canada just, you know, does Canada type things, as we like to say. So we'll see what happens uh, this week. Um, in Class B, HFL taking the top spot among Section 5 teams. They are ninth overall in the state. Batavia right behind them uh, at number uh, 13. Carl, you finally got a chance to kind of see the beginning of an HFL blowout win. Um, they have certainly, uh, you know, lived up to any expectations that they had coming up to the season. I haven't seen the other eight teams above HFL, so I'm not going to sit up here and make some outlandish proclamation. But I will say it is hard-pressed for me to believe there are eight teams better in Class B than HFL, and I, I mean that in all seriousness. This That offense, whenever you get the chance to see them, they can run it. Matt Meacham is throwing the ball all around the field. Their defense can create some turnovers. 
we'll get a better indication of how great they are when they take on Batavia. I, I don't know when that, that game is, but I know they'll match up at some point. HFL is legit, man. Like they're they're legit. I'll, I'll I'll leave it at that, man. Yeah, that Batavia game coming up on October fourteenth. Uh, Batavia also a really impressive win over uh, Monroe, twenty eight to six. A team that we've seen has some really great players, um, has some explosive guys, can throw the ball around a little bit. A really strong statement win from Batavia after um, you know maybe not quite possessing their A game to start the year against uh, Wayne against some other results. Uh, Geneva and Palmac also receiving votes. Geneva 3-0. They're going to get the next shot at HFL this weekend in the battle of undefeateds. And then uh, taking a look at some of the smaller schools um, in class C, you've got Leroy, our top spot at number three. You've got in class D, you've got OAE at number two. And then in eight man, you've got Canisteo Greenwood, no longer the Red Jacket show anymore. Uh, Canisteo Greenwood at number one. So you've got in class C, class D, class uh, eight man, we have a team in the in the top three of all of those brackets here in section five. Going back to OAE a little bit, the, their numbers and their box scores are ridiculous. It's pretty so good. Whoever, so whoever's number one, I want to see those box scores because OAE they light it up every single week, and it's not a diss to the other teams they're playing. I think it's just a shout out to how good and how talented that OAE uh, ball club is for this for the uh, for the second year in a row. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I um, they beat uh, Geneseo 70 to 6, and I saw Geneseo. I mean, it's tough to get too impressed, you know, a week one class D matchup when you don't know who exactly the teams are. But I was like, all right, Geneseo's got some guys, whatever, things like that. And then it was 70 to 6. I mean, and they beat Avon 42 to 14. Avon, always a really strong team in recent years. They just know how to get it done. So, yeah, OAE, um, you know, continues – you know, they had a, a nice run through the state playoffs last year. Um, it seems like they're certainly going to be on their way to potentially doing something like that this year as well. Leroy, also number three in uh, Class C. Um, I don't think we've gotten a chance to see the Leroy, but we got to make sure we get out there sometime soon. Definitely. Uh, then the girls' soccer rankings also came out for the first time. Um, we haven't gotten a ton of class or girls' soccer action. We're starting – a little more on the other sports now that the Bills schedule is kind of normalizing a little bit. But uh, top of uh, the class AA rankings um, in girls soccer for Section 5, Penfield at number 11. Um, they're 6-0 in Section 5 play. They're only lost on the season to number 4, Clarence. Um, so a strong start for the Patriots so far. Schrader also at 18. They've been able to grind out two close ties to Spencerport. I'm always playing that defensive style of ball. Uh, speaking of Spencerport, down in Class A, you've got Menden at number four. Um, they've been grinding out a lot of close wins with three one-goal victories. Um, and then Spencerport, no longer at the tippy-tippy top of the ranks, just near the top of the ranks. Spencerport, number nine. Athena, 15. Churchville, Chilai, number 18. Carl, just your um, initial impressions of uh, the Class A and Class AA rankings uh, in girls' soccer. you got to be Spencerport, right? Like, that just now granted – I haven't been in Rochester for too long, but I've been here long enough, talked to enough people to know that death taxes and then Spencer Port being really <laughs> good at girls soccer, just seeing them not as the top team in section five was kind of a little bit of an eye opener. Um, that, that just threw me for a loop. And I know that they've traders given them some tough games so far and who knows where uh, Spencer Port ends up down the line. But when I looked at this earlier on, I was like, uh, what? So that was definitely my initial takeaway. 
Yeah, you know, Spencerport last year, they, they lost a lot of players, especially um, on the attacking side. Um, talking to our main man, Paulie G, about uh, the Spencerport. They're, they're just they're, they're, they're waiting for that finishing touch for some of these players. Um, right now, it's a diverse attack for Spencerport. You've got Kendall Mash, Alina Solano, and uh, my handwriting is, is not always as good as I wish it would be. Um, as I, I look up this name again here, it's uh, Liana Tata each with three goals on the season so far. So right now they're getting it done with a lot of different players, um, just waiting to, you know, figure out exactly. I'm sure they're, they're it's early in the season. They're moving some pieces around. They've got some new players in the lineup. Um, certainly they're not number one in section five right now. Um, I'm not putting my money on anybody else uh, until they get knocked off. Um, so, so that's just all we're going to say about that. Um, in class B, Palmac Red Raiders. Number three in the state so far, um, led, of course, by the fantastic Maya Ikewood, who so far early on in the season, uh, 22 goals and 10 assists right now for uh, Miss Ikewood. Um, you know, she has been just dynamite for the Red Raiders uh, in years past. And, and this year, um, she is, is finding another group. Maya Ikewood, still just a junior and she's putting up these type of numbers. Uh, Palmac has just destroyed all of their competition. They did only have one loss, and that was to Class A Sutherland, a 1-0 result. So, Palmac, yeah. 22 goals, 10, seven games? Okay. That's... Right now, they, um, the Section 5 side's a little bit more updated. They've got nine games, so still – um that's yeah let that's me make sure over three points a game still that, yeah it, it's tough uh that's over two goals a game um you know and their their victories right now they're outscoring their opponents on the season 50 to three i think that's good i don't know um i don't know i, I wasn't great at math but i think that's pretty good uh it is good um they've also got a nice one a win over aquinas uh that was their only game other than sutherland that wasn't decided by the time they got up the orange slices at halftime. So Palmac right now, uh, really strong in class B right now. Um, we've also got uh, Bath making us, uh, us, us, you know, uh, staking their claim in class B. Um, they're still at, uh, they're undefeated 12th in the latest state rankings. And then we've also got some strong teams in class uh, C and D right now. Byron Bergen, number two in the state and Fillmore, number two in this state. So some other teams that could potentially make some runs here in the state tournament. And then moving on to our games of the week coming up, uh, we, we kind of teased at a couple of them. Uh, we also teased at the end of round ball, or not round ball, round ball, football frenzy last week. Class A was weird last week. Interesting things going on. We're going to get a lot of clarity in Class A this week. Spent, or uh, Carl. Um, where is, are you looking for your, your moment of clarity in class A this week? We talked about it a little earlier with the rankings, candidate went East candidate was making the trek up to the city this weekend, uh, Friday, I believe at six to play mm -hmm. that game. Um, candidate will come into the season. You did the story, fairly young team. Um, a lot of young pieces, but they have a senior receiver who is making stuff happen. Okay. Tashi Crockton, shout out to you for saving my highlight last week. Cause boy, that was a highlight. All right. My man made Got caught a little hitch, made a guy fall, a little 15-yard game. He said, don't worry, I got more for you uh, a little later. Same exact play. This time he takes it to the crib. Tashi Crockton you know, is, is helping this candidate go offense along while, you know, they're still trying to figure things out um, as they are really young. And then on the other side, East, 
are also very young, but they have a little bit more experience because um, they were forced to play a little bit more last year, and they've been explosive. They've had some guys who can um, can, uh, can put it up. They haven't played the toughest of schedules yet, so it'll be interesting to see how they play against a team with a, a little bit more uh, star power and firepower. But, man, this will be the best team that either team sees thus far. I can't wait. It's right next door to us, so we're definitely going to beat them. Uh, that's my game of the week, and I'm definitely locked in. Yeah, Crockton with uh, seven catches for 185 yards last week, two touchdowns, also came up uh, in the clutch for the Braves in that wild second half. Um, had a 40-yard reception, got them uh, down to the two-yard line. They were able to punch it in for that game-winning touchdown. So, uh, you know, we, we mentioned, uh, you know, the, the young guys stepping up, uh, Taishi Crockton finally get his, uh, his moment in the spotlight uh, as a senior. Um, you know, I talked to him uh, in the beginning of the season. He was like, I'm, I'm ready to go. I've been waiting for this. And uh, he's been ready for sure. And then my game of the week, um, you know, kind of the, the, you know, that's your game, A2 uh, measuring stick. Mine's the, the A1 measuring stick. Uh, Schrader versus Brighton, both undefeated on the season at 3-0. Uh, both of these teams, you know, it's going to come down to, I think, whose dynamic duo can kind of rise up the, the the brightest. Drew Pagano last week, five total touchdowns at the quarterback position. You had Torrance Washington uh, with a big game at, at, at the receiver position, as we mentioned. And then for Brighton, uh, Tyler Martinovich uh, at quarterback, Daniel Johnson at wide receiver. Uh, he was all over our highlights last week. One-handed catches, touchdowns to the tune of seven receptions for 140 yards and two touchdowns. Um, as they were finally able to pull away from Gates Chilai. And then, you know, you just look at the schedule coming up. Schrader, they've passed all their tests so far. They beat Spencerport. They beat Hilton already this season. If they get past Brighton, um, it's going to be tough to find a loss for them on their season. So potentially Schrader able to lock up the number one spot in Class A1 with a win. Brighton um, hoping to have uh, something to say about that. I want to go back to Daniel Johnson a little bit. I don't know if you were there when he uh, had the nice little one-eight catch. That's a dude with some swagger, and I like him. He on my radar. Man caught the one touchdown, looked right at me, didn't do nothing. I'm just like, oh, yeah, he locked in. Then he scored another touchdown and, like, and, and Flex or did something or pointed to me. I'm just like, oh, yeah, that, that's my guy from here on out. So it, whenever you at the game, uh, whenever you're at the game, this, this game, Daniel Johnson, he's going to find you. He's going to find the camera, and he's going to make sure that he, be, he gets seen on Channel 8. So I like, I like that kid a lot. Yeah, we love our guys that find the camera. You know, Evan Brock, Rush Henrietta, um, I believe uh, Aquinas last year. Um, there, I forget who it was for Aquinas, but somebody from just, just everybody. We love it when they know where the cameras are. Um, but we, we also do appreciate when it when it happens right away. You know, sometimes it takes a while. Yada yada. This we we like to get like you know, the the flex or the you know the point on camera. Just do it quickly. We don't have a ton of time here. You can't wait ten seconds to point the camera. I will just say that. This is actually a fair point because Evan Brock did it. And I don't know if you were able to show it on TV because it took too long, right? I um uh, the the one we finally were able to get on, but I kind of just had to 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 mention it like, all right, in 10 seconds, you're going to see the flex. Luckily I had so many things I needed to talk about because Pittsburgh was getting down the field. So that gave me enough time to say all those things, but it didn't quite happen in the order that I wish it could have. Um, but yeah, um, we're, it seems like we're going to have a lot of flexing uh, by somebody and uh, we're going to get some uh, potential two potential sectional championship game previews uh, this week. So, you know, what more can you ask for, for that? Um, I don't know. Uh, good weather. That's what we can ask for. So hopefully that stays up. Um, but that's going to do it for this week on the High School Huddle Podcast. 
Um, once again, you can listen on Spotify, you can listen on Apple Podcasts, listen on RochesterFirst.com, uh, watch it on YouTube, tons of different ways to, to get a hold of the program. And as we mentioned before, the Bills schedule finally starting to normalize. So our days are going to be a little bit more normal. We're going to get some more features for you guys on News 8. We're going to get out to some more games on these, these Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday games, Thursdays. We're able to show some soccer, some volleyball, things like that. Oh, quick mention. Webster Volleyball, huh? Undefeated, 8-0. They got some guys. They, they're, they're looking real, real good. Shout out to Griffin Monrad, uh, 13 kills yesterday in the game against RH. And then Luca. So which it's, I want to say, Lucas said, what, I don't want to mess up this kid's name. Hold on. Here we go. Evan Lucas. Yeah, there we go. There we um, go. My man also there, there, he got 10 kills as well yesterday. Webster looking real, real good. They haven't dropped a set all year. So clearly, you know, they might be the, um, the class of, of that a division. So how to get find a game yesterday. I said, you know what, let me see the, let me see the get the, the, my boys from Webster. They got it done. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm sure. Uh, I don't know. I, I don't have the schedule in front of me, but if they get Penfield, that's going to be one heck of a good game uh, before, you know, playoffs start. But uh, that'll do it for all us, for us. That'll do it. I can't even know how to end the show. So we're just going to end. Let's play the music. I'm the one who runs the music, so I'm going to start playing the music right now. He's Carl Jones. I'm AJ Fellow. It's time to break the high school huddle. We will see you.